Hello, and thank you for joining us. I am your host, soulful business and leadership coach, Jeffrey Biesecker. We are all on the journey to discover the light inside, that beacon which guides us to live our truest, most authentic self. This is episode 0066. Theoretical physicist Albert Einstein once shared, adversity introduces a person to themselves. Very often, your reaction to adversity, not the adversity itself, determines how our life story will develop. Our guest today knows a thing or two about standing tall and the opportunities presented in our personal challenges, reframing our perspective on them. Having courageously endured her experience with cancer, author and motivational coach Lori Marini is giving others the necessary inspiration to empower and motivate them to live a life which truly thrives. Reminding us in the process, just because we often feel like we are struggling, it doesn't mean we're failing. Today we want to explore how finding gratitude can fill you with the strength and emotional endurance to not only face these opportunities, but to also evolve past these potentially daunting experiences, giving you the tools to thrive. Tune in to find out how you can discover the courage and mental determination to endure any adversity on The Light Inside. Have you heard of Ampi? Through the medium of live video, Ampi plans to change the world. As an online platform for live recreational learning, Ampi is the largest marketplace for live classes. Their mission is connecting and enriching humanity through knowledge. With over 60 categories of live classes with experts around the world, their program is the future of personal growth guaranteeing you stay on track for lifelong personal learning and growth. Whether you are sharpening your Japanese, learning to draw, or improving your chess skills, Ampi is the place you go to enrich your life, leading the way to a brighter us. If you place value and importance on lifelong personal learning, visit www.ampi.com to find your class, book your seat, and go live today. Our guest today is cancer warrior turned motivational coach, Lori Marini. Despite being a professional pathology assistant working with cancer analysis, nothing prepared her for the news she was about to receive. Lori is joining us for a conversation discussing how the battle with breast cancer empowered her to rewire her perspective on adversity. By adopting positive psychology, she was able to develop the emotional stamina to endure through the grueling treatment process both mentally and physically. Our conversation with Lori teaches us that we can overcome our greatest challenges with gratitude and a positive emotional outlook. Hello, Lori. Good morning. How are you? Fantastic. Good morning. How are you today? It's been one of those weeks. I don't know, Mercury's in retrograde or something. Yes. I don't know about you, but I'm struggling. I'm on the struggle bus for sure. <laughs> we tend to experience those kind of weeks every now and then. Yes. Ugh. 
It reminds you of the weeks that are like easy, right? Like you really appreciate them for sure. So I want to jump into this conversation. Ah, There, I'm having my own struggle today trying to spit out words. I want to jump into our conversation today looking at that angle of using gratitude to develop that emotional stamina to endure adversity. No matter what that adversity might be in life. Yes. In this case, you know, we're gonna share a little bit about your story and battle with breast cancer. Yes, that sounds great. Sorry, I just needed to get myself situated. No I'm not problem. home. <laughs> so background for me is that my parents, I live in the South. Yes. Been there for a long time. And my parents are finally deciding to join me. So I'm at their home <laughs> trying to get them situated and moved in their house of 30 years. So it's been something. <laughs> Yes. yes. (laughs) The challenges of trying to maintain that steady balance on the road. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I absolutely love this conversation and I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you join us today. Let's dive in a little bit and share with our audience a little bit about your background. You have spent 20 years as a pathological assistant. Am I getting that right? A pathological assistant? Pathology. Pathology. Pathological might be. Pathology. Pathology. Let's (laughs) let's correct that as a pathology assistance in oncology. Yes. Your work has been focused in the medical laboratory studying cancer biome. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm part of the diagnostic team. I'm the team that's behind the curtain that nobody Mm. realizes is there. So between any procedure that you have in your diagnosis is a team of professionals that are doctors, non-MDs that facilitate you getting a diagnosis. And so... I've been part of that. So I am well-versed in anything that has to do with disease in the human body. I'm very familiar with that experience. I have a brother-in-law who has worked in oncology throughout his entire career, was at University of Chicago, spent some time at Colorado University, and is now with Johns Hopkins Mm -hmm. in the oncology department in the administrative area. So, you know, I have that brief brush with it but I am familiar with the work. So in 2017, you were faced with the devastating news of your own diagnosis with breast cancer. Let's look at that. You know, that's such an emotionally difficult time. And I'm grateful that you're willing to take us back briefly today and share a bit about those moments when you receive that news. Take us back, you know, having that experience as a PA and looking at that experience with oncology Share with us a little bit from that perspective. So for me, it was a little bit different because how things evolved were from a baseline screening, right? So I was supposed to go get my mammogram done at the age of 40, but life happens and I just didn't go. So at 41, I found myself in my primary care physician's office apologizing. being like, (laughs) hey, I'm really sorry I didn't go, but I promise you I'm going to do it. And she turned Mm. to me and said, you know what, Lori, you just bought yourself another four years. They just changed the guidelines to 45. And by this point, I was 41. And, you know, I kind of let it go. It didn't really sit well with me, especially because of my background. But um, I let it go up until the point that I had a dream. I had a dream that I was riddled with cancer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I was pulled to get that mammogram. Like it really could have been anything in hindsight. But what happened was I called to get an appointment. They had an appointment the very next day. 
which never happens. And on this screening, they called me back and they said, we need a repeat imaging. And if you're in the field, you know that that's very common. So again, I didn't think anything of it. I went back for a repeat imaging and it wasn't until they were in my lymph nodes. They're on image 65. I'll never forget it. In my lymph nodes that I knew I had a problem. So it never... I never had the conversation. And I think it's because they recognize that I am usually on their side of the table, but nobody ever said to me, Hey, you have cancer. Like I had to ask somebody. So that pivotal moment for me was self-imposed because I knew what they were doing when I saw them measuring my lymph nodes. Like I knew in that moment I had a problem Mm. and it really brought me to a space where I remember looking at the light above you know, those colorful lights that they have. And I remember looking at the lights and like saying to myself, okay, this is it, right? Like you may not make it out of here. What do you want the rest of your life to look like? If you do make it out, then what do you want it to be? And I remember all the things that I said that I wanted to do, like that I've been putting off that I, you know, uh, I I was writing my will. Do you know what I mean? Like who, what, how it was going to go. And that Mm -hmm. to me was my life defining moment. After that, everything just really took its course as far as going through the motions, right? When you're under treatment, they just tell you where to be and they take care of everything. Like there's no thought in it. You just kind of become a somewhat like a robot until the point that it's over. And your treatment's complete. And then it's like, okay, well, what do I do now? Yes. Right. And that's yes. what launched me into mm. coaching is like, I want to help people at that point of like, okay, you're alone now. What do you want? Yes. How do you want to live? And that is really the catalyst for my expression that I use all the time is live courageously. Like you have a choice to either push forward and become the best person that you want to be without the limitations that others might impose on you, or you get to play small. And I'm just like, you know what? I didn't go through all of this to play small. I wasn't like that to begin with, but now it really exponentially grew for me because of the experience. You know, that experience to me, how did that play out? You know, normally when we look at medical, there's kind of that gap. There's that bridge where you get that news and there is at least that human connectedness where somebody is saying, I am sorry to tell you this, or, you know, they're breaking that news. Do you feel that kind of from your experience, how did that play out emotionally for you? So part of the thing that happened with me is that I already knew the worst and the best case scenario because of my career. And so, you know, usually people will come to me in my life and be like, Lori, like I got this going on and I judge how much information they want to know, like how much can they handle? And I speak to that. Well, I didn't have the luxury to do that for myself. So I was in this space where I knew, especially because I worked with metastatic breast cancer patients on a daily basis, I knew the devastation that could happen if I didn't get a handle on it and do the hard things that I know I needed to do. So, you know, for anyone listening, anything that you have going on in your life, I'm a firm believer that you have one shot, one shot to get it right. Like trying to make something over most of the times would not be as amazing as if you got it right the first time. And medicine is one of those things, right? A lot of people try to shortcut. Oh, well, I'll just go and I'll just get this then or that then it'll be easier. Like medicine doesn't work like that. So for me, it was one of those things that I knew 
what my future could possibly hold if I didn't do it right. So I went really aggressive. My team was like, Lori, you're being too aggressive. Like you're good. And I'm just like, no, like I, I learned that I needed to be an advocate because people had different plans for my body. And I'm like, that's not happening. I couldn't be true to myself if I listened to them knowing <laughs> that I was going against the knowledge that I had if that makes any sense. <laughs> yes, yes, totally. You know, I can see in that situation, especially when you're already armed with some of that knowledge of the process and what you were prepared. I feel so often, you know, having watched my own sister go through that same fight with breast cancer, that uncertainty is a big hinging point when you're in that yeah. frame of not knowing. Yeah, Definitely. You've learned that through that experience, leveraging gratitude allowed you that crucial step to reach towards getting it right. You know, you mentioned getting it right. How did that notion of gratitude give you that empowerment to reach forward and push through that adversity? Oh, gratitude played such a huge role. Because, you know, especially when you're going in the middle of this life crisis that you have no idea how it's going to play out, being grateful for the things that you can do and the things that you have is really all you have. And I know that sounds kind of really weird, but if you go in with a negative mindset, then all you'll see is a negative. And so for me, I couldn't live that way. Knowing that I was facing my own mortality, I didn't know if I was going to make it. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to live the rest of my days with this negative mindset. My catalyst was my boyfriend saying to me, Lori, you need to step out of this mindset that you have. Like you're being negative. You're not being hopeful. Like you need to cut it out. That's not who you are. And you can't let yes. what's happening to you change that. And I needed that like hit on the head for him to tell me that, to recognize like I wasn't being my true self. I was caught in the worry of everything that I had going on. Because again, I knew too much and I couldn't filter that for myself. So I started taking on a daily gratitude post, which is my Instagram account. And every day I would go through life looking for something that was beautiful, inspiring, that made me smile. And I would take a picture of it and I would just keep doing that as I went through the day. And then at the end of the day, I would post the one that resonated with me the most. And it allowed me to just recap the good that's in life, even when you're going through really bad times, there's always like find the good. And that practice allowed me to embody that. Cause like, if you focus on the negative, all you see is the negative. If you focus on the positive, you'll see the positive. And it allowed me to just breathe, not be so anxious and just be grateful that I woke up. And so that's one of the other things that I do is every morning I turn to my partner and I tell him we woke up, yes. we made it through the night, we get to live another day and just be grateful for that. I work with others often in looking at that idea of that mind state. You know, we are in interaction with that, how we think, feel and interact with our experience. So often we do get set in any one way of our perception of that, whether it's I am you know, set with the negative aspect of I'm dealing with this, I'm overwhelmed, I'm feeling all of these emotional feedbacks. And sometimes we even get too set in that positiveness that we're pushing toward that positive goal. You know, we are solely focused on, I need to feel good. Mm -hmm. And we don't yeah. take the time to realize how those things are interacting with us, how our emotions are feeling, what we need to process out of that. 
Yeah, that's a really great point, right? Because it's like those people that are really annoying for being positive all the time and they come across as so not real. There's no authenticity there. And I don't mean to offend anybody, but, you know, I think we've all experienced that. But it's one of those things that we have to be true to ourselves. And sometimes recognizing the negative and allowing yourself a five minute wallow into what you're dealing with is 1000% acceptable. Where I stand is it's okay to feel the pain. It's okay to feel the hurt, the anger. Like you have to process that. As humans, we can't live with that. However, don't stay there a really long time. I give myself 10 minutes. 10 minutes, I'm going to just be like, woes me. And then it's like, okay, I got stuff to do. I got to move on. And I, I do whatever it takes to make that happen. We look at that idea of emotional stamina. Stamina. I am definitely struggling with my words today. We look at that <laughs> idea of emotional stamina, developing that ability to feel and experience for the long haul. A key to that is effectively processing those emotions. Yeah. Think it, feel it, experience it. What am I supposed to gather from it? And then releasing it. How do you effectively take yeah. action based on what you're thinking and feeling? We have to sometimes realize that we have to address that anxiety, that fear, that sense of just being human sometimes when you're especially faced with something as traumatic as that cancer experience, that cancer diagnosis. You have to take the logical time to separate a little bit, process it, find that healthy balance within. Not getting stuck is that big key. You know, so often we get in that feedback loop. Well, is me. What am I going to do? How do I move forward on this? Being able to address that and say, okay, what can I now find knowledge and experience in? What can I now find the information to simply know? Where do I need to acknowledge that I simply need to reach out and lean into someone? Finding that sense of community and support. Yeah. And that's key. Like you nailed it. Right. I, I think out of everything that I learned, the most humbling thing for me as a self-proclaimed, I got this, like, I don't need anybody. I'm good. Yeah. Was the fact that this experience really showed me that you can't go through it alone. <laughs> we are meant to be in community. We are meant to have others support us for whatever that is. So whether it's just, you know, for a laugh and a smile and recognition to, you know, they need to support you with daily activities in order for you to live. I mean, that was my biggest take home. Outside of the gratitude part, like that was really, that's part of my gratitude, I should say. The sense of community and understanding that as beings, we are meant to live together and to support each other. And that's the gift yes. of life. You know, that's one of the things that truly is living. Yes. You know, it, that's my big take home for sure. That cancer treatment is a long haul battle. I watched an 11 year old niece yeah. succumb to it, go through it for many years. She had a long, hard haul. I watched my own sister battle through it. There has to come a point where you have to lean into others. You simply are at your end of where your energy is, where your mental state of being is. Yeah. And that is such yeah. a crucial self-care um, element to know, where do I pause and lean in? And for those listening, right? Sometimes the people who haven't experienced it, like I always say like, you know what? I don't want anybody to be part of this club. I don't want anybody to have to undergo getting diagnosed with cancer. But if you are part of this club, we will welcome you with open arms and really support you through it. 
However, we don't want you, right? We don't want you to stay away. <laughs> and for those of you who haven't had that experience, even as a caregiver, because I've been both, right? I've been a practitioner, I've been a, a warrior, and I've also been a caregiver. And every single one of them has their own different takeaways. But even as a caregiver, part of it is you see the suffering that somebody's going through where you're not experiencing it the same way. You have your own version of that trauma, right? So what I really try to remind people is that like, you don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to, you know, take on everything yourself, the entire burden, have it be okay that people are going to have emotions around it. They're going to have bad days. And when you don't know what to say, then don't say anything. <laughs> right. Just, <laughs> just kind of be with them as to just being present. Yeah. yeah. So often that is the greatest salve that we can receive in life is just mm -hmm. having someone be there energetically. Yeah. I mean, I've had some, I know everyone that's listening, that's undergone a similar process will have the same experience of you will always have somebody that says something to you where you're like, wait, what? Like, you know, um, telling me that, well, at least you'll have great boobs. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, how does that help me? Like, no, but, um, and it's always the people that you don't expect. Mm. It's always the people that you think are going to be okay. And then they turn out to be the ones that are not okay. So that's why for the people who you, if you don't know what to say, don't say anything, just, just love them, hug them, whatever it is you need to do, just be love. And for the people on the other side that may get some bad experiences, just get that they kind of don't know what to do. They kind of don't know what to say and they don't know how to be because there's so much concern and love for you that they're kind of stuck. So often our own emotionally traumatic experiences come to light in that situation. And I know that sounds kind of like a selfish notion, but we're placed up against that mirror of, I don't know, you know how to feel about this myself now. Yeah. Empathy becomes such a great challenge for us in that situation to simply lean in and say, Wow, you know, I simply know how you feel. Right. I simply experience that with you and acknowledge that with you. We don't have to have the answer. Right. We just simply have to be present and say, I'm here. I hear you more than anything. And I can also relate and feel what you're going through. You know, that's that's a whole nother conversation. I feel we could go down another time. But today, just simply knowing that that simple act, I am here for you. I hear you. Yeah. I love you. I acknowledge you. And I know how devastating this must be. <gasps> Ooh, sorry. You know, that simplifies that whole process without oversimplifying, without taking that heart out right. of it. Agreed. <laughs> that simply says, I am here and present and aligned. Looking at that whole aspect with that idea of faith, how do we bridge that toward having faith in others, having faith in yourself and having the faith to push through that challenge of moving through the battle. I'm so sorry, but my dog totally distracted me. <laughs> if, if any people can recognize that we're just real here, give me two seconds. I'm so sorry. This is terrible. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I go through and clean up quite a bit. So. 
we just roll? I, you know, there, there's a, to me a fine line, and this is a, a perfect moment for us to share because it, it may not even make it in the show, but we are human. And there's sometimes that fine line is, you know what? We don't have to throw all of our junk out on the table all of the time. So I go back and, and we, we make things so it does become effective, you know, ultimately. And I'm more than happy for you to keep that in there because it's life, right? Especially now working exactly. from home. Like, exactly. I feel like that having to be perfect is no longer a thing, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. So, yeah, if you could if you could share that with me one more time, I would love to answer that. So looking at that notion of being available to lean into others, yeah. having faith in believing comes to mind. That faith that others are there to support you not only serves that notion, but also evolves into looking at that idea of having faith to move through your entire treatment battle. Yeah, it's so true, you know, and I think that that's what people struggle with the most. The first part of the process is you your innocence is lost, right? You face your mortality. You are that person yes. that has become now the statistic for lack of a better word, right? Because we all live in the, it's never going to be me. And then once you kind of get over that, there's so much unknown that people just live in a state of fear. And that's why gratitude is so important because you live in a state where you fear reoccurrence, you fear the unknown, and it stops people from moving forward. And this is what I do a lot of work with, with my clients. It's one of those things where it's like, I tell them, you don't know if you're going to cross the street today and get hit by a bus, <laughs> right? I have to laugh because my mind instantly went to that exact statement. You know, to me, sometimes that can seem like such a grim view in reality, but that is the stark reality that we simply do not know what might happen in the next second, the next minute. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, and so it's a choice then it's like, okay, well, if our lives are finite and we've recognized that now, and we have no idea when our last breath is going to be, then how do you want to live between now and then? Are you willing to let that fear of the unknown stop you? Or are you willing to have faith in the fact that you have today and tomorrow may not come, but at least you have today to do just something great and to make yourself feel alive and, and fire it up and just really be the best version of yourself for yourself and for your community. And I'm a firm believer of that, that I'm like, if not now, then when? You know, for me, that brings to mind one of those crucial steps of that emotional stamina, yeah. adaptability. Releasing simply that notion that we can control things. Yeah. We so often fear that sense of, I can't control this. Being in action is one thing. Being able to logic and form how I take an action towards something is one thing. That sense of control so often can become overwhelming because there are simply times in life where you are going to experience something that you cannot influence. That's a grim reality sometimes. Yeah. And that's when you reach out to community to give you a different perspective, right? So the person that comes to mind is someone that came to me and was had metastatic cancer and was like, I don't even know why I do anything that I do. I don't know why I go to work. I don't know why, like, I can't plan for my future. You know, I'm about to get divorced from my husband. Like, we're not going to make it because we're not getting along because he says I'm being too negative, but I have no hope. 
And literally it was through one conversation that we had that was just a really real raw conversation where she is now uprooted. She sold her home, moved to a place where she really wants to be, has left her job and started her own business, has started a podcast. Like she is now living. And the beautiful part is, is that you don't need to uproot yourself. It's a mindset choice of, do you want to live in the fear or are you really willing to live full out regardless of your choices? Right. And, and I was so proud of her because when I see her now, she's completely lit up and she has hope again for her future. And she's like, you know, no matter what happens, I'll handle it. And I'm like, exactly. Like you'll handle it. But you can't let it stop you from the moments that you have now and getting connected with other people. You know, that's the beauty of life. That's the gold, as I like to call it. You know, I look at that, you know, there again, I go back to that idea of mind state, being integrated and present with your experience, being able to move with fluidity and become comfortable with change. We hear all of these notions fed so often. We have to be uncomfortable with anything, whether it's growth, whether it's with change, whether it's with our interactions to move forward. But that's a choice to be uncomfortable with it in battle. You can simply develop the choice to say it will change and be comfortable with that. Yeah. If you choose to. Releasing that need to control is crucial because you simply realize there are things that will happen. Yeah. Releasing the reactionary elements of your emotions like anxiety, fear, worry, and focus on what you can effectively execute. What can I do to take a balanced approach with my energy to engage productively and base that on a task and an action that I can actually take ownership and authority in? How do I become the author of what I experience to some degree without that need to control and totally influence it? Yeah, it's so true. And it's what comes to mind for me right now is that humans live in patterns, yes. right? Yes. And so all you need to do is take the first step to change a pattern. So if you are stuck in worry, if you're stuck in this place where you don't want to be and you don't know a way out, then taking a small step in a different direction than what you normally do, you will start retraining yourself. Because yes. like positivity and a positive mindset and, and seeing the good, it's a muscle that you have to develop doesn't come naturally, right? Our, as humans, we're fight or flight. We are programmed to either fight for something or run from it, right? And it's like, you have to really program yourself to work on just acknowledging what's so, living in the present and having it be okay that no matter what happens, you'll be good. The worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to die and we're all going to die one day, right? So, yeah. I mean, it sounds <laughs> terrible, but... From my perspective, that could be debatable. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> and even based on conversations well, with people I that have you... crossed that line and come back, do we know all that? That's a whole nother ball game. We won't talk about that today, but that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I believe. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I believe in that too. I mean, there's so much, but honestly, it's having a warrior mindset versus a survivor mindset. And I, I think that that is part of the positive mindset. As a survivor mindset, you are in, you're at the effect of life. You're just being wavering 
Whereas if you have a warrior mindset, like you've prepared yourself for battle is how I like to describe it. You've educated yourself. You've surrounded yourself with community. You've really just whatever faith that you believe in, like you have solidified that for yourself. And you're just like, bring it on because I'm about to fight this. And that to me is where the power of life is. That's to me, like the power of human being is and standing as a warrior, as somebody that's not willing to go down without a fight, then I feel like you are able to look for the good even more because you know that you are in action around it. We look at that idea of developing that resiliency to push through. Mm -hmm. Resiliency, what is this to look at? The ability to quickly recover from difficulty. That becomes the truly empowering element. How do I quickly recover, adapt, move forward, and evolve through this experience? How do I feel what's presented to me and say, okay, I understand why I feel this way. Now, what can I logically take an action on and what do I need to logically release and let go of? Because I have to surrender the notion that I'm going to change the inevitableness of that. Yeah. And and what comes up for me through that is forgiveness too. Mm, adding yes. forgiveness for yourself and for others and, mm. and even to the universe for whatever it is that you're dealing with. Yes. I shared a great notion on this in a conversation a while back, that idea of forgiveness. Yeah. Forgiving in and of itself when you break that word down. What is forgiveness for? Forgiving. What are you giving to yourself? What are you allowing yourself? You know, what are you bringing to yourself in that act of forgiveness? It's forgiving to yourself. What are we giving to ourselves? Sometimes that notion of just giving yourself the peace and allowance to be present and mindful to say, I'm just here with it. Pushing forward on that, you know, that emotional resilience is developing the awareness and the skill to just adapt to the stressors of life. You know, how are we allowing ourselves to adapt rather than control? That empowerment comes out of that adaptability. We're like silly putty. We're like silly putty. You know, I'm moldable. I'm pliable. I am able to pick up things, but also release things. Yeah. And, you know, the example that comes to mind is travel. So many people are unwavering with travel. They expect their flight to depart at the time that it's scheduled to depart. They expect it to land at the time they expect it to land. And you know what? Stuff happens and sometimes (laughs) it doesn't happen that way. And for me, it's always telling people's reactions to travel hiccups as to how they are in their life. Right. Because, you know, if the pilot can't show up (laughs) by that flight, you're not going anywhere. And so it's one of those things of, you know, that fits in with this conversation of just being pliable, just having it be okay that sometimes it's not going to be perfect. Sometimes you're going to do something and you're not going to be perfect at it. Or even like the universe is going to give you what you asked for, but it may not look like the way that you want it, but just get that it's still perfect for you. Like there's a reason behind everything. There's a lesson behind everything. And if you are really rigid in life and just don't go with the flow, you're going to have a much harder time with acceptance for sure. 
That brings to mind to me, we just watched this great rerun episode on Netflix of Dharma and Greg. They were hell-bent on getting to the beach for this vacation. And in the process, you know, they were rerouted by weather. They were rerouted by mechanical breakdowns. They left San Francisco. They went to three or four other locations. And all along, the goal was to try to get to that beach, to that destination and expectation. All along the way, Greg is so caught up in how do I beat this? How do I get past this? How do I, you know, try to beat the system to get where I'm going? All the while along, Dharma's like, Greg, let's roll with this. Dharma's meeting all these people, making all these great interactions, building all of these wonderful experiences in the process of the journey. Ultimately, they missed all of the connector flights and ended up simply going back home to San Francisco. Yeah. Greg says, damn it, we missed the whole trip. Dharma said, you had your eyes closed. You missed the entire journey and all the experience along the way. I love that example because it's so true. What are we gaining in the experience that adds value and meaning to our lives? No matter what the journey is, really set expectations. Sometimes the greatest surprise, the greatest interaction is that one single moment of the entire trip. Yeah. 30 second interaction with somebody can totally change your life in some way or give you some profound meaning. But if you go through life with those damn blinders on of expectation, you miss the entire journey. You miss the entire opportunity to simply be present, be open and allow yourself to evolve and experience. So true. So true. And, and, you know, I, I am without without any of that, like you cannot truly love openly. Right. Like if you are closed off because of your expectations then you don't see the love that people are providing to you because it's not meeting the expectation that you have. And so those blinders really limit you to experiencing greatness with people that you probably wouldn't. Like I had an experience this morning that right before, you know, you and I started talking (laughs) where I said, my parents are moving. Right. And my dad's not doing too well. He, he, his health is, is deteriorating. And so the gentleman asked me like, Hey, why are you guys selling all this stuff? And I'm like, Oh, well, you know, they're moving. And you know, he, I'm just trying to have him get a little bit of something from it because of he works so hard for all of this. Right. And so he doesn't want to throw it away. So even if we could get him a little something, it at least it's an exchange, right. Of, of the things that he has. And this gentleman who I don't know, right? Because my dad is like, oh, just take it. It's free, whatever. Because my dad is just such an amazing soul. The guy is like, no, I'm not taking any of this for free. You worked really hard for it. Like, I'm going to give you something for it. And as a side note, he's, you know, when I kind of started explaining what we were going through, he then said to me, he's like, I know you don't know me. And he's like, and he's like, but I have two really strong boys. He's like, I'm in really good health. If they need anything at all, have them call me. And this guy doesn't know me. He doesn't know my family, but he just saw the kindness and the love that my dad was showing him Mm. that it allowed him in return to be open and loving and generous with us. And it was something totally unexpected. Like, and it's what you said is that energy shift that you give people like kind people, no kind people. It's like dog people, (laughs) no dog people. You have to be open to that. If you are closed off and not willing to show yourself and to also receive those interactions are never going to come your way. 
I'm going to get a fridge magnet made with that. Kind people know kind people or a t-shirt made. Yeah, Thank you for one. sharing that today. That is a <laughs> bullet point for us. You know, kind people know and sense kind people. When you are present with that energy yeah. is a big thing. I have made a lot of friends by just being me, right? Like I refuse to allow my circumstances to turn me bitter. And I had this experience a month ago where I just was walking down the street with my pup and some lady just started saying hi to him. And we literally had an emotionally charged connection that I turned to. <laughs> and I remember saying that to her. I'm like, you are such a kind soul. And she said to me, she's like, so are you. And that's where that triggered. So thank you for making me present to that for where that came from. And she's actually one of my really good friends now. I spend a lot of time with her. And it's one of those things of, yes. you know, I remember turning to my boyfriend and being like, you know, this is one of those examples of the universe puts you exactly where you need to be. Mm. Like we live in mm. Tampa now and yes. we got there. We're from New England. We got there through Nashville. And we, the only reason why we got there is because we got hit by the tornado last year and we lost our home and we couldn't find a place to live. That trajectory had us be where we are now and we weren't sure if it was the right move but we just kind of went with it and we're like we could change it but in that experience i'm like she is why i'm here i was meant to meet her and i have no idea what's going to come from it but it was like one of those life-defining moments where you're like i get it now and that's what i feel i experienced this morning too yeah. right like this, yeah. this guy was meant to come into our lives that openness to that experience is so crucial yeah. letting go of that reality of expectation. We are human beings who tend to face adversity from time to time. That is, to me, such a productive way to frame it and have that integrated scope of things. You know, we tend to feel sometimes we need to feel invincible to face life. Yeah. You know, we often make a complex tapestry of things, of, you know, weaving all of these narratives together. And sometimes it's simply necessary that we stop what we are doing pause and take stock of what is happening around us, not to us, not for us, through us, or about us, just simply being present with what do I need to move into awareness of? What do I need to be open to? What potential does any given circumstance present me? Yeah. Because those uncertainties happen. And, and I want to say that for me, really, this state that I am in now is a direct reflection of the pain that I endured through my journey. Yes. And it yes. humbled me in a way that I recognize that I can't do stuff alone. It humbled me in a way where I just got to like a point where like I asked myself, does this really matter? Do I really care? Does it have to be that perfect? Yes. And, and, and it's, it's made me really in touch with my humanity as a perfectionist people pleaser. Right. Like where I cannot high achiever, whatever other right. label we want to throw on the fire there. It's all just fuel for that fire. Yeah. And it just really made me realize that now I'm just like, <laughs> hey, I didn't get to it because, you know, it's allowed me to just be like, it's where I'm at. Hey, sorry. I'm really sorry if I upset you, but I'm doing the best that I can. And it's taken a lot of pressure off. We have a choice. We don't have to feel like we need to be this unyielding machine all the time. Right. In fact, you know, it's often when we develop that sense of unyieldingness that ironically, we experience some of our most potentially challenging and devastating events, just like this experience with you going through that experience with the breast cancer. Yeah. When that happens, how do we simply from your perspective, shift and reframe our perspective to become more aligned with. Just recognizing that you're human, I think. Just recognize 
my defining moment. Mm. So I'm, I'm very, um, I used to be very prude in the fact that I wouldn't like change in front of people and all that. And then that went out the window when I had to have people give me showers. Right. Cause I couldn't bathe myself. Yes. But another yes. experience would be when I was trying to get a coffee at Starbucks, it was like my first major outing after six weeks of being homebound. Cause I kept having complications from my bilateral mastectomy surgery. Mm. And I'll never forget. I was very proud yes. that I was by yes. myself. I made it down the elevator. I got out of my building and I, I was living in downtown Boston at the time and around the corner was Starbucks. And I'm like, all I want is a Starbucks. <laughs> and I'll never forget showing up at the Starbucks. And it was, you know, a really old building, absolutely beautiful, ornate. And it had this metal door that's just fantastic. And then I tried to open the door and I couldn't do it. Because, you know, when you part of what I had undergone was reconstruction and my reconstruction of my implants are underneath my chest wall muscle because I took all the tissue out from above the chest wall. Right. So because of the displacement of my muscles, it's now made me have to redevelop them and I need to move them differently in order to. (coughs) I'm sorry. (coughs) That. Oh my goodness. That's the universe telling me I got some more work to do. There again. That's totally, I don't know if any of you believe in that, but that is, <laughs> that's my chakra right here collapsing on my. Um, but I'll never forget standing at that door and I tried yeah. to pull it and I couldn't budget. Mm. And it was one of those moments where I just felt so defeated. Yes. Yes. And I, totally. it was for the first time in my life, I was like, yep, this is exactly. terrible. I can't support myself. And so I just sat there because I was in awe of it. Like I didn't expect it because I was so proud I made it so far. And then I tried to open it and and, and I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I was always self-sufficient. Like I'm the person that would never get help from anybody. And so as I sat there in disbelief, some guy came behind me and he opened the door and he kind of looked at me like, weirdo, why are you standing here? And in that moment, he didn't recognize what a gift he was. Mm. And I didn't say anything because I didn't want him to think I really was like, a, you know, a weirdo or anything. But it really brought home that you never know what people are dealing with. Because mm. on the outside, I looked fine. Developing that emotional resilience and- is about moving through that experience of winning the battle. It's the strength to endure through the storm and still keep sailing through life. Yeah. Still keep sailing through life. We think of sailing. It can be such a peaceful experience, but sometimes there are storms to weather. Simply putting your head down, doing what you can to move through that storm can be so crucial. Are you willing to adjust your sails in order to navigate towards smoother seas? And sometimes we're the ones causing the storm by being rigid. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we think of a sail, you know, what is a sail? Is this loose, flappy kind of pliable thing that's just working with the energy around? Yeah. Yet it gets the stuff done it needs to do and moves you forward. Sometimes you adjust the angle, you know, how are we adjusting the angle to get to the smoother sailing, to weather the storm and navigate where we'd like to arrive? You know, sailing is a journey. You know what? For me, it's effective to think of that journey as a long haul. Otherwise, we can tend to be like a bottle rocket, an explosive spark that booms, makes a lot of racket, and then just simply fades into the twilight. You know, to me, that great quote from Tertullian, 
I think I'm saying that right, two trillion comes to mind. The quote is what matters. Happiness is patience with the lamp lit. Patience with the lamp lit. Simply what hope is. Patience with the lamp lit. Yeah, and I think, you know, part of what people's, well, I I can only speak for myself. Part of what I was disillusioned with was, you know, having gone through this and then having like pink October, right? It is when Mm. part, sometimes when you're going through this, all you want to do is just feel normal and forget about it. And then you have a month like October where it's plastered everywhere and you can't get out. Like it won't, Mm. it's everywhere. It's, it's, it's on your bags at the grocery store. You're like, oh my goodness, this is not how I need to be supported. And so it, it's really sometimes a hardship of, yes. you know, I recognize that that's yes. how I'm dealing with it, but I know I'm not alone in that. But at the same time too, it's like a lack of sensitivity. It's just like the person where they're like, oh, well, at least you'll get some great boobs out of it. And I'm like, I don't want these great boobs. Now I could joke around and say, well, hey, you know, maybe I'll go and and I'll show off my $120,000 boob job, right? Like, but it's like when I was going through it, there was no way I was going to be able to laugh about it. And so it's just being sensitive. Like just get that sometimes people are going to have a hard time. They're having a bad day. They they just can't be with whatever's happening in their life, whether it's their children, their career or their health. Like it doesn't matter. It's all the same. It's all emotions. And, And I think that that's like really, you know, it's just like my friends, they bought me a t-shirt that said my boobs try to kill me. I have no idea what that t-shirt is. <laughs> I have no idea. I threw mm-hmm. it out. I'm like, I probably, you know, cause I'm just like, it, it, it just doesn't resonate. That's part of that resilience aspect is being able and willing to learn from that experience. You know, for you, that's to me bringing a greater sensitivity for others and a greater acceptance for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, for me, and I love that fact that you're using resilience, like resilience for me is, you know, it's a process is how I like to look at it because it's again, another muscle that you develop, but it's the process of adapting when you are at the face of adversity, when you are at the face of trauma, right? Tragedy, stress, you know, we have so many things that, that come at us. And it's like in that moment and what makes you powerful and what makes you resilient is the power of choice. This is something I learned so many years ago through my personal development, but it's so key that when we feel that something is in part, like if it's mandated for us to do, we won't be so quick or so easy about it instead of choosing it, right? So it's like somebody giving you a red and blue car and you get to choose as opposed to somebody just giving you the red car and you're like, I hate red. This is terrible. Yes. Right. But like, if you choose the red, it, then you're better and you're okay with it. So it's a bad example. I know, but it's what came to mind. But part of it is that when you are standing in the face of something that's really negative and awful, you get to choose how you're going to react to it. Yes. You either yes. accept it and then you make the best out of it or you just get very angry about it and hate the world over it. And that is like with illness, 
with any illness or anything like that, like you're going to be angry. There's a lot of anger to process by allowing yourself to just see like, look, I'm angry, but I don't feel like being angry right now about this. Or staying angry, you know, know? be angry and let it go. Sometimes we have those anger urges. Sometimes there are things that are Mm -hmm. very emotionally disturbing and create great turmoil within us. Acknowledging that and being able to recognize that you have a choice and being able to respond thoughtfully. You don't have to react negatively to the difficult things in life. That's our simple, empowered choice. And there's so much freedom there. You don't think that there would be, but there's so much freedom. And it's not that you don't care, but it gets you to a point where you're like, Mm -hmm. that doesn't matter. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. And you're able to just maintain that peace because that's all what we want. Everyone on this planet just wants to feel at peace. Mm -hmm. And some people do it in the form of money. Some people do it in the form of power, right? We're all trying to get to that peace. And peace comes from choice. And people are so distracted and they're just trying everything that they can. (laughs) And they're really just, Mm -hmm. it's really that simple. At least in my world, it is. I really believe that. That simple piece is the piece that we so often turn into a puzzle. Yeah. That simple nature of being, that simple acceptance of life, that simple surrender to yourself to say, I'm allowed to feel this, but I don't have to let this feeling, this situation, these circumstances define my entire way of being from here on out. Yeah. And it's just like when people are monumentally busy, like I've been there, where you just (laughs) jam-pack your schedule because quiet time, you're not at peace with it. We have those choices. For me, I've made the conscious choice that Friday is a basically non-work day for me. I love that. If you do not carve that space for yourself, no one else will. No one gives a shit. If you want to take Friday off, I hate to say that in that harsh and blunt of an aspect, but nobody but you will give that care to it. Yep. I made the choice, you know, Fridays are a day for me. Occasionally I allow some leeway with that. Occasionally there are those acceptances that it's productive to make. Yeah. But by value and standard, that is a day for me. Yeah. And and a good way to look at that too, is that you're setting yourself up to win. You know that by having one day that is defined as a non-work day, that it's something that will allow you to do things of self-care, like whatever it is that you put on your schedule. But also part of why people get so agitated and aggravated and frustrated and, and like the world that we're living in right now, people are just activated is the word I'm going to use, is because of the fact that they don't recognize that they need to give themselves grace for whatever there is that they're dealing with, but that they also need to set themselves up to win. So if you know that taking Friday off is going to make you so much more productive on the rest of the week, then why wouldn't you do that, right? simply set myself up to be in balance and flow and create that space for peaceful harmony in my life Yeah, and maintain that balance. You know, that is my choice. And that brings to me so much value and meaning. I've been that person that had to strive for myself to try to set this expectation. I have to work 16, 18 hours a day. I'm going, you know, when I owned a restaurant, I worked 24 seven. I literally in my sleep, imagined what I was going to do the next day. 
I pushed myself 16, 18 hours a day. Did it make anything better? No. It just simply meant that I worked more. It simply just meant that I gave all of my time, all of my energy and space away. Did it really contribute? No. Until you accept and acknowledge that for yourself and say, this is the reality I want, or that is the reality I want, you're comfortable with accepting whatever reality you see the value in. I did not see the value because I went three years straight, 24-7, 365, not a single day off until I broke and became a great asshole. Yeah, right? I think we we all have those stories for sure. Simply because I didn't make a better choice for myself or the others around me. If it doesn't start with myself, I'm being a huge (laughs) effing disservice to everybody. I'll say it that way with a little bit of ton and cheekness to it and a little bit of restraint. But I feel that adamant about it from my experience. We want to talk about being authentic. To me, authentically, I was not being the best of me when I did nothing but put all of my energy into all of these wasted things that did not allow the other room for my essence to come forward. And so how, how did you forgive yourself for that? If you don't mind me asking. Total release. It took some process. It took some counseling. It took some time going through some things and say, why do I feel these needs? Some of that is simply saying, I am taking ownership and authority of my life and simply saying, I am not just accepting the pattern that everybody expects. That's truly owning shit and saying, I don't have to follow you. I can lead where I want to lead. That's empowerment. It's not taking power. It's just simply empowering yourself to move toward the being, the value and meaning you wish to be the author and creator of. And accepting the fact that there are differences. There are times when shit just simply is not going to happen. And you accept that. There's no dispride and disservice in that unless you create that choice to see that. And thank you for sharing that because, you know, I've been there too, where I've been in roles that just did not fill my soul. And I was just a complete jerk. And the side of me that I didn't even know existed came out and I'm not proud of. Right. And that's why I asked you, like, how did you get through that? Because I know it's been a huge process for me. Right. Take ownership of it. Yeah. Plain and simple. You take ownership of it and say, I messed up. How do I change and become what I'm present with now and what I will attempt and put my intention toward being in the future? Yeah. Everything we do is nothing more than an attempt. Right. And and for those listening, what I want to say is that you're going to have some good and bad days, bad weeks, bad months, maybe bad years. Yeah. But there's a light out, right? There's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You- there's a light and there's a dark you, everything, you know? What do you choose to yeah, see? Yeah, you don't have to keep that pattern going. <laughs> if that's not how you want to be, then change it. And the people yeah. that are around yeah. you that love you will get it and they'll forgive you. And they will they will keep loving you. Forgiveness. What am I giving into who? Yeah. This is forgiving to you. This is forgiving yeah. to me. This is forgiving to everything I do. What am I giving and what value and meaning yeah. does it ultimately create? I mean, I never thought that my parents would ever leave yes. where they live right now. And the fact that that is even a possibility, like something that's historically never moved is now moving. 
it's shifted. And so for me, I take that example and I'm like, well, where else do we feel that something is really fixed that isn't necessarily fixed, that there can be some movement in it, that you can make a change. It can look differently. And that's what I invite everybody to look at, right? Like where is something in your life that you're just struggling with, putting up with, just being like resigned about because you think it's not going to go any other way. And what is a different pattern you could set to that? Just simply allowing that pattern to work for you and releasing it when it doesn't. Yeah. I I look at this whole conversation. I keep flashing back to the Rubik's cube. (laughs) We have a goal of aligning all of those patterns. Yeah. How effectively you do that determines how quickly you do that, how quickly that task comes together and what fulfillment you find. But where are you finding the fulfillment in the whole process? Do you find the fulfillment in the execution? Do you find the meaning in reaching the end? Do you just simply find the fulfillment in engaging the activity? You know, there's so many different ways we can approach that. No one way serves everybody. Where do you find the value and meaning in that process ultimately brings you your happiness, your joy, and your sense of purposeful intention in how you continue to move forward? Yeah. And what comes up for me is that like they always say, surround yourself with people who are better at things than you are. And that's what comes up for me. You don't need to have just one person in your life be your rock. Like that's why we're, we're, we have a tribe. That's why we have community. Like people bring different value to you into your life and you need to allow them the space to do that. But don't put the pressure on just one person. Like a lot of people think that, you know, your spouse is the one they should give you everything. Like, no, that's why you have friends, you know, like there's certain things that you could talk. That's why we meet strangers. Yeah. And there's certain things you could talk about. Like the person on the plane or the person, you know, you run into on the street. Yeah. That's why you have that space to experience that beauty in everyone. Yeah. But you have to be open. And I think that part of what this past (laughs) year has shown is that people love people. People want to be around people. Everybody's complaining that they're in lockdown, right? And it's like, all I want is a family picnic. Well, when you were at the family picnic two years ago, how was your attitude when you went there? (laughs) Right? Now you want them. So I really think that people have recognized, people have shifted, that people need people. (laughs) Yeah. People need people. And we have to just simply be open to that beauty Uh, and genuine authenticity. That is another. Not trying to mold it, not trying to shape it, not trying to guide it. How can I just simply be present? And come from love, right? If you are present and come from love, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what anybody says, you automatically diffuse the situation. It's when people get in a right and wrong conversation, right? when you're trying to overtake somebody, that then there's a power struggle. But I had this conversation yesterday when somebody that was unsure that of how to de- handle a relationship. And I said, well, what's your expectation of the relationship and who are you being in it? How are you relating to this person? Like all I keep hearing is about how you think that she is, but what are you doing? And, and we need to be responsible for ourselves. That's the only person we could be responsible for. People are gonna do what they're gonna do. How you react to it is up to you. Well, thank you for sharing so much of this love and insight with us today. (laughs) Lori, I am so grateful we got this chance to talk and I'd love to do it again soon. Yes, please. This is amazing. Thank you. And sorry for all the hiccups. (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> Where can our listeners reach out to you, Lori, and feel some of this love with your coaching and your guidance now? Oh, thank you so much for asking. So my website has all the information that you could possibly need. I have a phone number on there that I actually answer. The website is I respond directly to emails. So that's, I mean, the emails is on there as well. Lori Marini, LGS at Gmail. And my website is lorimarini.com. All the information is on there. Please reach out. I would love to hear from people listening. And I would love to know if this has made a an impact on you, whether good or bad. Like how did this conversation land for you? And I'm on Facebook as well in my Instagram account as well. So all of that is available on my website. Well, thank you, Lori. I, again, am so grateful for you sharing your story and your journey with us. Thank you. Thank you for such insight and such courage in sharing that and inspiring others. Thank you so much for having me. The honor was truly mine. Well, I'd love to do it again soon. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) Thank you. Nothing in life is to be feared. It is in our opportunities that they seek only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. Small opportunities are often the beginning of our greatest evolution and in our greatest adversities, the abundant ability to reach for growth. Lori and I have shared our insights detailing how you too can grow and evolve both mentally and emotionally in the face of adversity. Now we want to know which lessons in our show were the most meaningful to you, our valued listener? Leave us a message at www.thelightinside.us or tag us on social media at The Light Inside Podcast, sharing what inspired you the most in this episode. We are grateful to be able to continue helping you, our valued listening community, discover your light inside. Remember to continue to support the growth of our program by sharing feedback or leaving us a review on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you find your favorite show. Sharing with others why you enjoy our program here at The Light Inside. Join us on our next episode as we explore how to build relationships through interdependence with the blind blogger Maxwell Ivy. Tune in to find out how on The Light Inside. <laughs>